I'm Lindsay Berra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. Today, we're talking with forward Patrick Patterson of the Los Angeles Clippers. The six foot eight former University of Kentucky standout just finished his 11th season in the NBA and his second in LA, where his veteran leadership and steady presence helped the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals. As a reserve, Patterson earned the nickname Stay Ready, Ever Ready, Just Add Water, Instant Oatmeal, and Instant Coffee, because he is always prepared mentally and physically to contribute on just a moment's notice. Patrick, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Where Where are you? I am uh, currently in my home here in uh, L.A. I live up in Encino, me and my wife and our uh, newborn daughter. She's about four and a half months, going on five months now, so... Been here pretty much the entire time since the season ended, and I'll probably be here all throughout the summer. May take one vacation or two tops, but other than that, I'll be here pretty much 90% of the time. So congrats on your baby girl. What's her name? Aaliyah Rose. Oh, how sweet. Very cute. Congratulations. Daddy's little girl. Daddy's little girl, (laughs) yeah. So you guys just came off a, a, a playoff run. And I mean, I'm not the biggest NBA expert, but you went a little further than I thought you were going to. So what was that like? Yeah, we had high hopes of, you know, making it all the way to the finals. We were just a few games away from accomplishing that dream. Yeah. Uh, fulfilling that goal. But unfortunately, we fell short. But it was a fun ride. It was a, a great journey. Ups and downs, hardships, great memories, great experiences. But uh, just seeing... A couple of the young guys, one in particular, Terrence Mann on our team, just pretty much just coming to his own and just see his development, his work process just shine through in his games. His confidence just increased. Kawhi and Paul, granted Kawhi went down at the end with the knee thing, but just seeing seeing them play, seeing Marcus and Zoo and just the rest of the guys just go out there and compete every single night and just being able to finally have fans at a certain point after so long of not having fans throughout the season and then little by little allowing them to come back into the arena. And then finally, I think it was maybe the second or third round, maybe when they finally let the fans in pretty much at full capacity around 95%, just having that feeling again, because that had been so long since we've had fans pretty much, I think it's been maybe two years or something like that. So just finding the track, of trying to get back to some type of normalcy in regards to the NBA and our fan base and having fans into the arena. But it was a great journey, great year, a lot of fun, fell short, but only means there's uh, more room to grow and another uh, opportunity to achieve our goals. Yeah. I know you didn't play as much as you would have liked to Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. final run there, but what do you take from that experience to put towards your NBA career going forward? Just adapting to change. Uh, that, that's what I try to do every single year, whatever my role, whatever job, uh, whatever opportunity that presents itself and whatever um, task pretty much I'm giving. My motto is just adapting to change. So coming into this season, taking everything I learned from last season and, and the playoff run and just being whatever my teammates need of me, being whatever the coaching staff needs of me having conversations with them once the season was over and things I need to work on in order to better prepare myself for each game then also impact the game even more so when I come into the game and play and just develop in a stronger role so that whenever I come into the game, everything is good. We play great. Teammates have full confidence in me to go out there and do my job. So just being 
whatever it is is needed of me coming into next season and just focusing on those things that I need to improve on in order to make that job easier for myself. So it seems that you really do accomplish that goal of being whatever they need. And I was reading online that they have these really crazy nicknames for you. Stay ready, ever ready, instant oatmeal, instant coffee, because you're ready to go at a moment's notice. And I swear you've got like seven nicknames based just on that one trait that you're always ready to go. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny how all that came about, but, um, yeah, that's, that's just how it pretty much just unfolded throughout the course of the season. Whenever I was needed, they call upon me. I'd come into the game and good things would happen and wouldn't miss a beat. And they could always count on me to do something positive. So instant oatmeal, instant coffee, stay ready, ever ready. All these nicknames just started coming about. And I'm like, hey, OK, now I just have to live up to it every yeah. single time. I'm thrown into a situation to make sure that that nickname sticks, it stays, and I can uh, live up to it pretty much. It's great that you got the nicknames for something positive because a lot of people like you boot a ground ball and then they call you boot for the rest of the season, you know? So you got yours for doing something good. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I do want to say I am a Tar Heel. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I don't love the, your former Kentucky Wildcats, but I am very happy that you chose not to be a blue devil. Cause I know that that was on the table for you as a high schooler. And I'm, I'm not a fan of the the Dukies, but oh well. Um, Anyway, I know you were a great basketball player in high school, but what was your athletic background? Did you play other sports as a kid? So I played football growing up to stop pretty much my freshman year in high school kids where I'm from didn't tackle properly. They'd go for your knees, they chop block, all that stuff. So me being pretty much the tallest person out there, I'd worry about getting hit in my knees. So whenever I got hit one time in my knees, I was like, okay, nope, that's it. So I stopped playing that. I played a little bit of soccer growing up, big fan of it now today. And then basketball was like always the number one, my my main focus growing up as a kid. Funny thing, my pop when I was born, Normally, when you show up to uh, your wife giving birth to your child, because he he's, he was in the Navy, so uh, he hadn't been there yet. He missed my birth, but he got there to uh, be with my mom at the hospital. Normally, you would bring flowers for your wife or bring a teddy bear, a card, something sweet for your wife. But he brought her absolutely nothing. And he brought me a basketball and he just put it in my crib and put it wherever the babies were back then they put them in the room with the little glass little cribs and all and he had literally a spalding basketball and he just put it right next to me in the crib and brought nothing from my mom again so he brought it for me (laughs) pretty much basketball has always been written in my dna it's always been in my blood since the day i was born so it's a sport that i love and i pretty much just stuck with my whole life rather than you know soccer and um football Maybe he thought that your mother already had such an amazing gift in you that he didn't need to give her anything else. That's exactly what he probably told her to. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just searching, pulling at straws there, right? So, right, you're six foot eight, correct? Six eight, yep. How much do you weigh right now? Right now, I probably weigh around 235 to 238, somewhere in that range. Okay. So I did also read that you underwent a pretty significant physical transformation in the summer of 2018, and everyone thought you had lost weight, but you actually just replaced the fat with muscle. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I really started like honing in on like my diet, doing the food allergy test. Oh, wow. Pretty much like figuring out what I'm intolerant to, figuring out what my body reacts well with, 
figuring out what it doesn't, you know, absorb well. So I did that back then. And then I cut out a lot of foods that I had been consuming my whole life, even though most of them were healthy, just going off of the charts and the information that was given back to me from those tests and just lifting more, drinking a lot more water. And then next thing you know, my physique starts changing. My energy levels rise up, less inflammation in my body. And overall, I just start feeling amazing. And then I came into camp and then guys are looking at me. They're like, yo, did you drop weight? Like you look a little skinny. I'm like, no, like I look more lean, but I actually have more muscle than I've ever had. Granted back then, like you think I'm bigger, like with more muscle and I look stronger, but like there's more like fat on my body combined with the muscle. But like now it's just pure muscle. So just really just focusing on my diet, focusing on what I'm consuming, focusing on my sleep and then continuing in that throughout, you know, these last you know three years since I pretty much started doing that. What did you learn that you were allergic to that you had to cut out or that just that your body didn't tolerate well? Eggs was like the number one thing ever since I can remember high school when my mom started like cooking breakfast for me all the time. I literally had three eggs every single morning with either oatmeal or some type of sausage or bacon, late nights, Waffle House on the East Coast, (laughs) grabbing eggs like Denny's, uh, wherever it is, IHOP. At home, I make eggs in the morning. So every time before a workout, eggs, eggs, eggs. And then taking the test and they're like, like, you really need to stop eating eggs. Like maybe take like six months off of eating eggs and then incorporate it slowly. Maybe one egg here or there, but like your egg intake and whatever's in the eggs and all that stuff, like your body does not digest it well anymore. Like you've got like the maximum amount times a million in your body. Like <laughs> you don't need eggs anymore. Like, just trust me, stop having eggs, substitute it with something else. And then in six months, let us know how you feel. So I was like, okay, like, it was a huge hit because I'm so used to eggs with hot sauce in the morning every single day. And then it was no more eggs. It was just strictly oatmeal and chicken sausage or oatmeal and turkey bacon every single morning for like six months straight. And the next thing you know, I'm feeling like more energetic, like less injury prone. Like I sprained my ankle every single now and then throughout my life. But like for the past three years, maybe four years since I cut out eggs entirely, I haven't sprained my ankles at all. So I don't know if it's because of eggs or not, but like, I like to think it's because of my diet now. So just for me, eggs was like the number one thing. And then they told me I need to consume like more calcium and then also fruits I can eat more of is like pineapple and melons and vegetables consume more like more cabbages. I was like, okay, cool. And then I started doing that. And then I started just feeling overall amazing. Like I was my young self again, where I could go out and eat McDonald's before a basketball game or a workout and go play and have the most energy in the world and feel great. Like I felt like my younger self all over again when I changed my diet and cut out eggs. That's crazy. I love eggs. I eat eggs every day. Every day. I better go check and find out if they're killing me slowly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just something as simple as that. It's amazing. Like I always thought like I've I'm not the healthiest of eaters, but I'm not an, an unhealthy eater. Like I'll indulge in pizza or burgers or ribs or whatever or junk food from time to time, but more often than not, I'm eating salmon, cod, beef, chicken, turkey, and vegetables and rice or couscous, like every day, every meal. Like that's my go-to. So I'm like something as simple as eggs where I think like it's good for me. Like I'm I'm fine with it. I've had it my whole life. It can't be hurtful or harmful to me. And then you take the test and it's something as simple as simple as that. 
something simple as you think eating turkey is good for you. And then you go take a test and you find out your body specifically doesn't work well with turkey. And if you cut it out and substitute it with something else, it'll benefit you even more. So just finding little things out like that, I think, for everyone in the world, whether you're an athlete or not, whether you're just someone who goes to work nine to five, whether you just want to feel better overall, I think like a food allergy test is like a great thing. That's really interesting. Do you do your own cooking? So I do. And my wife does. My wife's a tremendous cook. So dinner, like she's constantly throwing down something special every single night. So I'm very fortunate from that aspect. Do you have a typical pregame meal? Pre-game meal is usually uh, some type of gluten-free or quinoa pasta with marinara sauce and uh, salad. If I can't get the pasta, and then I usually do like some type of chicken with mashed potatoes around that. How about post-game? Post-game, whatever's provided. Thankfully, we had chefs here with us in the Clippers, so they would make some type of creation after every single game. So it varied from sometimes pork chops, sometimes some type of chicken dish. Sometimes it'd be salmon or some type of cod with some type of vegetable and some type of carb on the side. So they did a great job of providing some type of substance and food after every single game. So there's nothing specific that I would consume after every single game. It's just whatever's just provided. I just try to make it work. Do you have a a favorite cheat meal? You mentioned that you like ribs and pizza and stuff. Shake Shack. I got to get Shake Shack once a week. So Sunday is my wife and I's cheat day. And we just, we go in on Shake Shack. Like I can't get enough of it. I love it so much. So what's the order? Two double Shack burgers, two French fries, a 12, is it a 12 piece or the 10 piece chicken nugget? And then um, a cookie dough shake, no whipped cream. Wow. That sounds Every amazing. time, every Sunday. Yeah. There you go. Do you have a favorite, aside from Shake Shack, because you have a favorite L.A. restaurant you go to as as a treat? To treat myself whenever I can, which is probably like once or twice a week, because I try not to do it as much. There's a spot called the Honor Bar in Beverly Hills, and they do a tremendous chicken sandwich. That's like, to me, top five I've ever had in my life. So I try not to go too often just because it's that good. But yeah, I'll try to indulge in that, you know, at least once every other week, the chicken sandwich over there at the honor bar. Do you have food that you travel with? Do you have like a go-to snack that's always in your duffel bag? In my duffel bag? What is it? Uh, Aunt Vicky's. Is it Miss Vicky's or Aunt Vicky's? Sea salt and vinegar chips. Ah. Uh, I love sea salt and vinegar chips. So I always make sure I have a bag of that in my bag. My meal on the plane rides before we fly out is always either a sweet greens salad. It's like chicken and a bunch of stuff that they add on it. It's amazing. Or I go get a tacos or a, um, a chicken bowl from, um, I know I'm going to say this wrong. Tokaya Organica, Tokaya, Tokaya Organica, (laughs) something like that. Hopefully I'm saying it right. So I alternate between those two normally before every plane rush. Cool. So you've now, um, been, done with your season for mm-hmm. a couple days now, at least. How does your schedule change now that you're in the off season? How much time do you take off before you get back into your workouts? So I usually take at least, at least two to three weeks off. Um, completely like, off? Completely off, like doing absolutely nothing, focusing on family, friends, opportunities to travel, spending time with my wife, just like completely shutting everything down. 
no basketball, no weightlifting, no nothing. And I'll give myself an opportunity to eat the foods that I want to eat in these two to three weeks and not worry about my diet. And then after those three weeks, I'll slowly start getting back to working out, doing like yoga, working on the bike and then doing more stretching and then getting basketball and then strength and conditioning. But I'd give myself at least three weeks of just like nothing, just to relax, clear my mind and just hone out pretty much everything. Once you do start working again, what's the schedule look like? How often are you in the gym and how often are you on the basketball court? So yeah, in the gym, strength and conditioning, at least three days a week, anywhere between three to five. Then I'll ramp it up to five, probably like the second or third week, but I'll start off slow, like three weeks of like strength and conditioning, mixing some like yoga, some stretching, some, uh, some cycling. And then for basketball, I'll start off like as well, three days a week. And I'll do that for like a week or two. And then once like my body adjusts and then I feel good enough, then I'll ramp it up to about like five times. So pretty much Monday through Friday, every single week. Do you have specific things you feel you need to work on this off season, either from a basketball perspective or from a strength and conditioning perspective? Uh, strength and conditioning, just like lower body control, lower body strength, be more agile, be um, more aware and more tuned with my body and my movements, basketball, post-ups, get, you know, more consistent with my three-point shot, be able to, you know, read closeouts a little bit better. And then defensively, just being able to move my feet, you know, quicker, being able to guard guys like, you know, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, John Wall, guys who are phenomenal with the basketball on the perimeter and be able to hold my own and try to stop them to the best of my abilities on the perimeter, as well as being able to go down low in the paint and guard guys like Joel Embiid and, you know, those physical guys who, who bump and use their strength down low. Do you work with a trainer during the offseason? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a trainer out here in LA uh, that I normally work with. That I've worked with for like the past year or two, you know, that I'll uh, start back up with. What kind of exercises do you do for that lower body agility? I mean, you're, you're six, eight, mm-hmm. you got some long legs. That's yeah. a tough thing to work on. What, what does he have you doing? So a mixture of stuff going to the sand, uh, whether it's like flat sand on the beach or whether it's like a, a hill, that's a big sand hill, you know, running up and down, doing jumps, going up backwards. Uh, of course, you know, squats, squat jumps on like no sand. He'll mix it up, add some hurdles, uh, some deadlifts, some lunges, jump rope a lot. Yeah. So a whole bunch of that stuff for the lower body and then band work to work on the overall control of the core from head to toe. So pretty much just, just a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. Do you have any exercises that you love to hate the ones you can't stand doing, but you know, you need to do. So you do them anyway. Oh, that would definitely have to be like deadlifts, like deadlifts, anything that involves like hip thrust, laying on the ground, putting the bar on your hips and doing thrusts on the ground jumps like i hate doing jumps even though i jump pretty much all the time on the (laughs) basketball court but to have to do it in a workout and then have to work on your balance at the same time whether it's jumping on two feet landing on one and then just doing a combination of movement with the jumps all in one set it's it sucks i hate it but like it's part of basketball you know it's things we do on the court with the little movements the little tweaks, the way you land, making sure your knee doesn't cave in when you land, making sure you have hip mobility and hip flexion whenever you move and jump. So just fine tuning those things. Like I said, it sucks, but like it's all 
it's all part of the business. It's all part of the job and mechanics. This is what we got to hone in on and, and focus on to take advantage of when we're out there on the court. So I assume when you're out on the court jumping and cutting like that, it doesn't suck. It's fun for you on the court. So why does it suck so much in the gym? Is it just the, because you're actually thinking about doing it? Cause you, you're thinking about it and he's critiquing you as you do it. So it's like, <laughs> he wants to make sure like these little things are correct and you're doing it the right way. So that whenever you're in the game, like you obviously don't think about it, but like, it's what's best for your body. So like simple things, like I said, is jumping and then making sure your, your knee doesn't like quickly jolt in to absorb the contact whenever you land, you want your knee to go out. So you have more flexion in your ankle and then your glutes can take the absorb, can absorb it at the same time. And then you have a quick bounce back up rather than if your knee goes in, then it takes like a split second longer to have that reaction. So like mm-hmm. he's literally honing in on this one little thing for like 15, 20 minutes and you're working on this single jump over and over and over and your legs get tired and it's, it gets old, you know, and then <laughs> You just keep doing it over and over and it's repetition. But like when you get to the game, when you get to like playing on the court, then it's just natural. You're not thinking about it and then your body reacts and then it's good. It's fine. But like things like that you work on in the summertime. So whenever you do start playing, it's like your body's good. It's funny that you mentioned the jumping. One of my producers actually, I said, ask him about the vertical jump. He was so curious. So many, Mm -hmm. so much attention is paid to the vertical jump ahead of the NBA draft. So I'm sure college kids are all obsessed with how much, how high their vertical jump is. Once you get into the NBA, how much attention do you actually pay to that? See, I feel like I can't, I don't know hundred percent, but I feel like that's equivalent to like the NFL when they do the bench. It's like the bench is like the big thing when the NFL players go to the combine and that's all you hear about is how many reps certain players get. And for the NBA, it's it's the jump. It's like how high is your vertical? Like how many uh, bands did you hit on your way up? And then guys coming into the draft, like that's when it comes to like strength and conditioning, that's one thing, well, myself, that's one thing I focused a lot on because I was like, how high can I jump? Like I want to touch like the top of the backboard, like I want Patrick Patterson, 40 inch vertical. Like that's what I want. Like I want people to, to hear that, you know? So when you get to the NBA, it's like, okay, that's out the window. Like no one really cares. Like if you're an athlete and you could jump high, that's great, but no one really cares. There's a handful of guys in the league who have like an extremely high vertical who can jump through the roof, who are extremely acrobatic, but like, no one really cares. Like no one's talking about them all the time. No one's like in awe of them all the time. Cause it's like, how many times in a game do you get to truly show that off? Not that many, not that many times, maybe in practice, maybe in workouts, but when a game situation comes along, you don't really get to showcase your athleticism and how high you can jump and use your verticality. So when, when the, when the season starts, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't really matter anymore. So what would you say to your college self knowing that now? I would say focus more on the basketball skills, like the fundamentals. (laughs) Like, don't worry about, hey, I need to go to the gym and work on my jumping and grab a jump rope and jump on a jump rope for an hour straight or grab a box and jump on a box nonstop or tell my trainer, hey, like, we need to work on legs every single day. Like, I would be like, that's great and all, but, like, work on the fundamentals. Like, work on your left hand, work on your finishing, working on your dribble, working on this stuff to make sure that's exceptional above and beyond of what normal standards are. 
you, you are by no stretch of the imagination old at what, 32, right? But how has your workout regimen changed from your days at Kentucky through your earlier years in the NBA till now at age 32? I would say I focus more on my body now rather than skill set on the court. Back then when I was younger, it was okay working on dunking, working on rebounding, working on hook shots, working on jump shots, working on three-point shooting, working on this, working on that. Like so many different areas of the game I would work on every single day, which is great to even still do today. But now I'm all about, okay, like what do I need in order to help my team? Like what areas of the game do you all need to be great at in order to help this team? And I'll focus on those like three to five things and be phenomenal at those. So whenever I'm put into a game, you know that I'm going to do these five things better than anyone out there on the court. So when it comes to basketball, I'll focus on that while still fine tuning little things, but not literally trying to go a thousand percent on every single aspect of the game Mm -hmm. in order to try to get better at because it's like, I'm not going to go out there and score 40 points a night. So I don't need to work on like my skills, like LeBron or, or even Kobe got rest of soul or Kevin Durant, like crossovers to a pull up fadeaway jump shot. Like I don't need to work on that because mm-hmm. my teammates don't need that from me. Like they need these five things. And so that's what I'm going to be great at and work out on the court. So when I was younger, it's like full steam ahead. I'm working on every single thing every single aspect of the game. Now it's like, okay, I'm working on these five things in order for myself to be great, comfortable and confident. So whenever I'm out there on the court, I know I'm going to do these things better than anyone else. So you you keep saying these five things, they'd be like rebounding, playing defense. What else? It could be like simple as like rebounding. It could be like being able to move my feet and guard. Like I said, a Steph Curry or Dame Lillard could be being better at reading closeouts. So if someone's like running towards me at the three-point line, deciding whether I'm shoot the ball or pass the ball or pump fake, take one dribble, drop to the basket, could be better at like reading plays. So like understanding who I'm playing against the team and each player on that team and knowing what they like to do. So like a scouting report pretty much. Mm -hmm. So being better at that being better at driving left, like just little things like that, rather than, like I said, a whole entire pack. So when I'm in the game with my teammates and they pass me the ball, they know I'm going to do these things and it's going to help us pretty much ultimately win the game. It sounds like you've just sort of gotten smarter and more efficient with your practice as you've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Are there any um, NBA guys, you guys practice a lot. You're on the basketball court a lot. Are there any particular recovery modalities you like? What What do you do to help your body bounce back every day in such a long season? So sauna, like a, the dry heat sauna and then a cold tub as much as possible. So don't have too many saunas on the road, depending on what the hotel we stay at. <laughs> but more often than not at home, after practice, after a game, uh, as soon as it's over, going in the sauna for like 15 minutes, no more than 20, stretching in the sauna and then going in the cold tub for 10 to 15 minutes. And then that's it. So just making sure I get some type of like extreme heat on my body, just to sweat everything out even more, to stretch, kill some water while I'm in there to help detoxify my body and get everything out while also add fluids in me as well. And then just freeze my entire body in the cold tub, freeze all the inflammation and then take a shower and that's it. 
<laughs> do you, um, I, you mentioned before that you focus a lot on your, your sleep. How important is mm. that for you? Very important, especially now being 32. When I was younger, I could easily go off for five hours and be good. But now I try to make a conscious effort of at least getting seven and a half hours every single night to the best of my abilities, like a solid seven and a half. Buying the the whoop or the hoop, whatever it's called. Um, I think that was a tremendous help being able to track my sleep, REM sleep, deep sleep, seeing how long it takes for me to fall asleep, how long I stay in deep sleep. Uh, That's been a tremendous help. So like just being older, trying to recover mentally and physically, making sure my body is right. And I think sleep definitely plays like a huge part in that now. How is that uh, whoop treating you now that you had a baby and you have to wake up in the middle of the night? (laughs) So for the first two and a half months, uh, I took it off because I'm like, I literally wake up every at least three hours. So like this is pointless. Like it's going to be like horrible. Uh, The information is going to be messed up. So I literally took it off. Now she's older. So she's sleeping a lot better now. She may only wake up one time throughout the night. So my wife and I will just alternate like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If she just wakes up, at like we put her down around nine, she'll wake up at four and then she'll wake up again around like eight. So it's like, we'll alternate whoever's the most tired. We'll get up and grab her in the middle of the night. So I have it on now. So it's great now. It's fine now. Wake up one time. I'm up for like 30 minutes, put her back down, go back to sleep. It's totally fine now. That's great. You got a baby who's only four months old, who's mostly sleeping through the night now. Good for you. Thank God. Thank God. Because it it didn't look too promising those first (laughs) three months. I'm like, wow, is it going to be like this for how much longer? But then this past month, she's starting to understand nighttime and, and sleeping and she gets full, you know, and she passes out and she's out for a good amount of time. So I'm definitely grateful. That's cool. That's really cool. How often when you get back into the season, you're lifting and doing a lot of gym work in the off season to prepare for the season. How often do you do those kind of workouts during the season when you're on the basketball court every day? Pretty much every day. You do Um, continue to lift. Still continue to lift. It might not be as strenuous. It might not be as tough as it is in the off season, but we hit like the things that I need to focus on during the season, whether it's like lateral quickness, agility, uh, lower leg strength, calves, ankles, chest, back. Like we hit certain things that will help me during the season and help me maintain my overall strength and my overall physique throughout the course of the year. So it might not be as like crazy as like a two hour, hour and a half lift that I do in the off season. It's just something that's confined to about like 30 minutes and it hits the points and the areas that I need to focus on throughout the course of the year. But I do that. Yeah. Throughout the course of the season. Yeah. We did an earlier podcast with Bradley Bozeman who's a lineman for the Ravens. And he was talking about how in college he was always going for the max with the back squats and the bench presses. Yeah. He said, since he's been in the NFL, he hasn't done it once, never. Right. So what do you, is that the same thing that you mentioned you yeah. do a lot of deadlifts? Are you deadlifting heavy or are you doing just enough to make it an effort yeah. through that range of motion? Yeah. It's, that's the same thing. The last time I went max was probably, my last year in college coming into the NBA, like since I've been in the NBA, nothing's ever been max reps, max weight. It's all about the weight that's comfortable with your body in order to help you achieve your goals. So it's guys on the team aren't really concerned with who's 
lifting the most on a bench incline or <laughs> who's squatting the most amount and how many reps, like none of that's really relevant. So it's all about what works with your body, figuring out how many reps, figuring out what weight works best in order to maintain, but also at the same time, strengthen you and uh, helps you out there on the court. I do think that's something that not a lot of people realize if there's 12 guys in the weight room from an NBA team, they're probably doing 12 different programs because it's tw- it's, yeah. it's specifically what works for them. They're not all out there doing the same exercises exactly. on each day. Yeah, exactly. So each workout is for you, uh, your strength coach. Of course, when the season begins, you sit down, talk with them. They analyze you and your body, and then they design workouts specifically for you. So you're never really doing you know, a big, you may be doing like uh, a workout that might be the same as another player, but like everything, every movement that you do, your weight is like pertain to you and your body. So if you're doing, I don't know, something simple as, you know, you're doing a chin up or you're doing a lap pull down or you're doing a curl or whatever it may be, like it may be for you, but then someone's doing it a different way for them. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to understand. Like you had great success cutting eggs out of your diet. That doesn't mean everybody should cut eggs out. That means you need to find out specifically what makes your body go and not go. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I know you're also a big TV movie buff. I I read you loved Ozark and Peaky Blinders. Those are big in my house as well. So what what are you watching at the moment? What are you hooked on? Uh, Loki. I still got to watch episode six. I think that last one came out either today or yesterday. So that's been on my list watching that right now. There's a show on FX called Dave about this rapper named Little Dicky, which is comedy. It's it's hilarious. It's a great show. Finished The Handmaid's Tale with my wife. She Ooh. loved she loved that so much. She's so disappointed. It's not on anymore. And then we watched, uh, oh yeah, Mayor of Easttown finished that she fell in love with what's her name things like Winslet Kate Winslet yeah she fell in love with her and I'm hoping she wins an award for that because that that was an amazing show she did an amazing job with Mare and then amazing was that accent how she didn't have any British she was she sounded like she's from South Philly so much it's crazy she killed that she killed that so watching Dave right now finishing up Loki yeah those are the main two that I'm that I'm watching right now yeah you also uh, plan on starting a production company. Is that right? Yeah. So my business partner and I, hopefully we'll be launching this quite soon. Just waiting on a couple signatures, but we are starting a production company together. Yep. That's great. What types of projects are you most interested in? So anything right now we're focusing on movies. So anything from action, thriller, comedy, drama, feel good, you know, the teen movies where teen is having problems and then it's like the black sheep and then all of a sudden <laughs> into their own and then you're like oh stuff like that so we're pretty much all over the place right now just reading a bunch of scripts and just figuring out like what best best suits us why why do you like those so much were you a lost teen who came into no, your own no, no. <laughs> no just because a lot of people like those right a lot of people like those a uh, redemption story <laughs> yeah a lot of kids like those teenagers like they're popular so I'm like, why not? We might as well look at those too. You're like, I was a lost teen. I ended up at the University of Kentucky instead of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, I got to put in my Tar Heels as, as, yeah. as often as I can, man. You know, it's just how, it's just how it goes. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. 
All right. Well, any, any interest in any like uh, health and fitness projects? Is that something that like you would be interested in going forward? Anything that you want to teach the world? It could be like, I really want people like, I know it's out there, this whole food allergy test. I'm not sure. I can't remember the price of it off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but just trying to push that out there to people. I know people think they eat healthy and they probably do. Even those people that don't eat healthy, just taking a food allergy test and just figuring out what works with your body and what doesn't work as well with your body can go such a long way. And you not only feel good, but it may help you live longer and may make your body overall better and healthier. So just trying to figure out if, if there's something that I can do with that to help other people realize and understand and want to learn more and then hopefully go through and do it and then they can see the benefits of it overall. Wow. Do you have to avoid eggs like in baked goods and stuff too? So I can still consume that, but like it's, I just don't do not as much. So like if I have a cake, it's like one slice of cake. Okay. You know, it's, it's nothing like I can't have eggs ever again in my life, but I just try to cut it out as much as possible. So if I'm going to indulge in something that has eggs in it, it's not going to be like a full cake or like a full amount of this. It just might be just like a little piece. Do you feel different after you eat the eggs in those things? Yeah, I feel it immediately in my stomach and throughout my system. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. It's really cool to be that in tune with it. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for coming on the show and I wish you all the best with your uh, 2020. Oh my God, where are we going into? 21, 22 NBA season. We're really advancing (laughs) along here and I hope you guys continue to get good sleep with baby Leah there. Congratulations on that. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Pat. I really appreciate it. Tell Kelsey. Kelsey's a badass, by the way. I know Kelsey from CrossFit. She is terrific. She's like a teeny little person and she's so strong for how big she is. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. I love her to death. Good people. Definitely. Yes. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Pat for joining us today. You can follow along on his Instagram and Twitter, both at PDPat for updates on both his basketball career and his upcoming production company. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at at foodofthegodspod or email us at foodofthegodspodcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production. 